Hi, welcome to my creativity. being creative and producing output. I'm your host, Surrey. I reveal how I work, my projects, my process, well, my creativity, from the planning and goal setting to how I stay accountable for my output, to the way ideas pop into my head and to the frameworks I use to stimulate my creativity and formalize it. Each week, I'll go over my last week's goals, and at the end of the episode, I lay out my coming week's goals. Now, this being the start of a new month, January, I've got some new monthly goals. These monthly goals were taken from my quarterly goals, which were derived from my annual goals, which I've pulled down from my 10-year mission. So, January goals. Post my blogs. So, I've been threatening to enact a marketing strategy any day now. And now that Christmas is over and we're in the new year, it's time to start blogging. The interesting thing with blogs, of course, is I can post them once on my uh, website and then they're there basically forever. If I were to just go and place these into, say, Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, they tend to disappear down the feed. So stick them on my my blog, my website. They'll be there forever. They'll be indexed by Google. People over time will come to them. It's called a long tail. I've gone then and cut each of these blogs down into snippets, which are more suitable for Twitter and for Facebook. And I'll be posting them out in support of my blog post. My other January goal then is how to write a novel. So I took quite a bit of time and effort in learning how to write a novel. And this is after I'd written a number of short stories, a novel, and also then tried to write three other novels. Uh, I failed to write those three. The first novel actually took nearly three years to write, and I failed to finish the other three novels because I just didn't know how to write a novel. And now I do. And in the past 12 months, I've written three. So that's from three years to writing only one to one year to writing three. I'm going to capture that knowledge and share it. So my last week's goals, if you've been following along, was to enjoy Christmas with the family. And I did that successfully. Hurrah. So my family came from over on the east coast of Australia to visit, and we went down to Margaret River, and we had a great time. And then my wife's family came over also from the east coast, Melbourne, and we caught up with them and had a great time with them. It's fantastic. So this week, I want to talk a little bit more about, well, how to write a novel, but in a slightly more abstract way. Now, I often sit and trawl through Reddit, like I'm sure many people do. And on the self-publishing and on the fantasy writers and the writing groups, constantly people are asking these same sorts of questions. They ask questions, for example, uh, how do you change your novel to maintain consistency when you detect something's not working out? Or how many times do you rewrite your novel? before you uh, send it to an editor. And I've gotten 30,000 words in, and I don't know where to go from here. How? What do I write next? 
all of these are symptoms of people who don't know how to write a novel. They were the symptoms I had. I was suffering those exact same things. My unfinished novels, three of them, I got to 60,000 words and then sat there looking at going, I'm, I don't know where these go next. And my first novel that I actually managed to finish, even though it took me several years, I got to 30,000 words and went, oh, that's just not going to work. And I scrapped about 10, 15,000 of those words, managed to recycle the other half, but I had to rewrite. And then I've revised it, seven revisions, including two you know, fairly thorough, almost rewrites, but not quite close enough. And that's why it took so long. I said, these are the same things that people are complaining about on Reddit. This is a lot of people then come up with the bad advice of, uh, well, you just have to find your own way and everyone does things a bit differently. So just work through it. And none of these things are useful. And I'm going to tell you why they are. They're not just useful. They're, they're not just useless. They're actually damaging. And I'll tell you why. Let's talk about... I'm going to go from one extreme through to the other so that you get a feeling for what I'm talking about, right? To illustrate a point. Let's talk about planning a business. If you're going to start a business and you were to ask someone, hey, what do I need to do to start a business? Would you expect someone to give you the advice, well, everybody does a business slightly differently. You're going to have to feel your way through it. Some people, you know, just kind of do what intuitively comes to you. No, because you know what's going to happen. You're not going to have any customers and come tax time. You're going to have a tax bill and you're going to go bankrupt. That's just obvious. Everyone knows that instinctively. We've all learned it at school. That just will not work. You must plan your business. You've got to work out what your values are. You have to work out what it is you sell or do, what service you provide. You need to plan how you're going to deliver that service or good. You know, whether it's a mail order company or whether it's something you deliver in someone's house, like maybe it's plumbing work or uh, hair care, I don't know. You also need to then have a bit of a plan on how you're going to invoice people and how you're going to pay people. Because you don't want to get to that point and someone says, yeah, I want to give you money. And you say, well, I have no idea how to take your money. Yeah, that's something you're going to you're going to plan that. You're going to know it ahead of time. And you're going to have to have all your registrations done. You need uh, whatever license numbers or here in Australia, you need an Australian business number and a tax file number at the very least. You may also want to then register a business name. You probably want some domain names and whatever. All of those things there, I you know, you're not going to find someone who's going to disagree with that. You're going to have to do that. You can't wing it. People do not do these things differently because the government doesn't do it differently and your customers don't do it differently. So let's talk about art. Now, is art different? How different is art? I would say if you want to be successful at your art, it is not different. Now, let's talk about someone who was quite successful at their art. Michelangelo. Now, he was a little turtle and he got mutated and come to like pizza very much. But he worked hard at ninjutsu. Okay, I'm going to give up that joke. Michelangelo, the, the artist, the sculptor. Uh, he was commissioned by Pope Julius to paint the Sistine Chapel. Well, it was to, to paint a uh, chapel ceiling. 
since been called Sistine Chapel. You've probably heard of it. I'm sure you've seen figures from it. The good old one of man lying back, pointing his finger, and then God reaching down his finger, and um, you know they don't quite touch. So how did he go about doing this? Did he, for example, just kind of wing it and just started painting and just to see where he got to and how he went? Well, this is a ceiling that took several years to, to paint. No. He went and got expert advice. And the experts told him a whole bunch of stuff. And it was meticulously planned. He had to work out what materials he was going to use, the scaffolding, he drew up a set of plans of what painting would appear on the roof, the ceiling. And he's not a painter, so he's starting from scratch here. His first plan, he discarded. It wasn't ambitious enough. It wasn't interesting enough. It wasn't grand enough. But you see, because he was planning, it was just some sketches and ideas that he threw out. He didn't have to you know, chisel off all the plaster of the ceiling and have it redone after three years of hard labor. No, he just chucked his sketches out and started again going, oh, I've got a better idea. He sketched it up, he sectioned out the ceiling, he worked out exactly the progression. He wanted like a, a story to be told from the before Christ through to Christ. And he, he marked out the sections on some paper, canvas, I'm not sure exactly what material he used, but it wasn't the ceiling. He then sketched these up on canvas. These things, they're called cartoons, obviously, strangely enough. So each of these little figures and scenes, he sketched out and did a, a watercolour um, mock-up of each scene. Does this sound like something perhaps is, is applicable? And then he began transferring those scenes according to his grand plan onto the ceiling. As a result, we have been left with one of the greatest works of art uh, you know, in the world. Fantastic. To think, to even think of attempting something like that by flying by the city of pants, by winging it, just to see where your intuition takes you, that's nonsense. I mean, that sort of intuitive painting or writing or whatever has its place. Absolutely. If you want to explore, if you want to have a bit of fun, if you want to relax, if you want to um, experiment with new ideas or styles, that's what you do. But if you actually have a piece that you want to create, so you want to write a book, you've got a story in your head, you're going, this is a story, this is really cool. I want to write a novel, and I want people to read it and like it, or at the very least not hate it totally. And people always have to be a bit honest about this because... I also hear a lot of people saying things like, oh, I'm just writing it for me. I just wanted to see if I could do it. But you know what? Shortly after that, they start asking questions. So how do I publish this? How do I send out query letters? Oh, I'm not really expecting to make any money from it. But how do I do marketing for it? Okay, so just be honest with yourself. If you're writing a story, if you've got a story in your head and you want it written down, you're doing it so other people will read it. And that means you want to plan it. So why planning your writing, and this could be a script, a movie script, a play, a poem. I'm talking about novels in particular. But the reason you want to plan it is the same reason that Michelangelo planned out the Sistine Chapel. Okay, you want to make sure that your story fits the size of 
uh, work you want to do, whether it's a short story, a novella, uh, an epic, you don't want dead ends. You don't want to start writing your way like I did when I started. I wrote my first book, I wrote 30,000 words, and I've seen a lot of people come to this same sort of size, 30,000 words in, and then, whoa, uh, this, this, this doesn't go anywhere. Okay, chuck it, restart. I finally finished that book, but my three other books that I never finished got to about 60,000 words. So I had a little bit more experience because I had to work on that first novel so much. I got about 60,000 words and then I'm left going, okay, that's, I'm, not, I'm not achieving what I thought I should. So you don't want those dead ends because they sap your will to write and they, they leave you with work. You know, I'm, I'm going to go back to those books and I'm going to pull them apart and plan them out properly. And I'm going to get my plot and story peer-reviewed. Uh, I've got a reliable peer reviewer who will do that before I start writing all the hard stuff. Okay, the other reason is less to rewrite. So there's three books I did write, the Exit Plan Trilogy. I had to rewrite almost nothing. So my editing and review process of that was about making sentences nice, uh, avoiding you know, grammatical errors, um, formatting my work, and I added little bits of explanation in here and there where I, I thought maybe I need more detail. Uh, I smoothed out some of the action scenes. You know, th there was nothing... I didn't, I didn't rip out whole chapters and chuck them away. In book three, I wrote an entire new chapter because I realized that my outline didn't give enough detail to uh, the spirit world sequence, and I really wanted to add a bit more in there to round out the story. But there was no wholesale rewriting. The first novel I wrote, I, as I said, I got to 30,000 words, and then I basically rewrote those 30,000 words. And in the process of writing about 100,000 word novel complete, I think I wrote close to 130, 150,000 words and had to chuck out all the others. It was just rewriting. It was just... I. I basically gave up writing for several years because of all of this. Next one, inconsistencies. You don't have inconsistencies. I was reading a particular Reddit post earlier who asked, how do you deal with continuity problems? He said that early in his book, he had uh, some elephants escape from a zoo or or a, um, a car crash or something, and he said, oh, now he realizes he, he doesn't really know what's that's going to do or where that's going to go. He doesn't want to deal with it. So how does he do it? And everyone's sort of like, oh, well, just push on through to the end of the book and then go back. And when you do your first rewrite, as if that's just a standard thing you do. Yeah, Michelangelo, um, you, you didn't like that way you depicted God. Yeah, j just push on through for the next three years to finish painting and then go back and do a repaint because, you know, the Pope, he'll understand. It's cool. No, it doesn't work that way. You don't have inconsistencies when you plan it. You've actually got a plot. You've outlined, you know what the subplots are. You know where things are headed and how everything links together to form this cohesive unit. You don't know the finest level of detail, but you know where everything has to go, how it all fits, and how often you have to uh, add mentions or foreshadowings and so forth. 
another great option, another great reason for planning these things is that you can get peer review. So Michelangelo, when he's doing the Sistine Chapel, he didn't do it alone. He asked experts. He got input. Uh, he noticed that there was mold growing on the ceiling. He was able to, because he had plan, he knew exactly where he had to go with everything and where everything was going to fit. He could go and get that fixed up whilst he uh, continued on with everything else. But peer reviewing your plot and your story, you can make sure that you've got something that's satisfying and works before you write it, rather than having to go back and erase and retcon and, you know, just, if you want to burn out, that's the way to do it. So when someone gives you the advice of just, just everyone does this differently, well, it's, yes, everyone does it certain parts differently. They plan differently. But if you're not planning your stories, if you're not planning your art, if you're not figuring out where you're going with these things, you're going to end up with nonsense. And you're going to have to rework it so many times. You will not be happy. Now, for the people out there who are saying, yes, but uh, I'm a pantser and I'm doing well and I've written 15 books and Stephen King is... Well, you know what? If you push on through all those difficulties, spending ages and ages writing your books, your first three or four books are going to take years to write. But you know what? You're going to fall into a pattern. You're going to start learning how to plan quickly. And this is the same if you start planning meticulously. As you go along, you're going to get the feeling of the rhythm. You're going to know how a plot has to go, how long a section has to be in order to fit the pacing you want. You're going to learn how to write action scenes, romance scenes, exposition. You're going to know how to fit all these things in, where a subplot goes, where the B story is. You're going to you're just going to learn that. Like you can absolutely bet that Stephen King could, off the top of his head, because of his years of experience, dictate a plot outline, just bang, off the top of his head, just like that. I don't doubt that's what he does. He sits there and goes, oh, here's a story idea. And in his head, even if he doesn't consciously aware of it, it, it will have already progressed through. But the question you've got to ask yourself is, do you want to do it the hard way or the easy way? It might seem hard, to do your planning, but if you want to think about it, it it makes perfect sense to always plan before starting, so you're not restarting and throwing out good stuff and wasting your time. And in time, you will you will come to know how the plan works, and you won't need to be so meticulous in writing it down because you will be used to working with it. Anyway, that's planning, and. My goals that I do each week are coming from a plan. Next week's goals. So next week, I'm going to format and post my first blog. So look out for that. That'll be on gravityundone.net, probably slash blogs, or blog. I don't know, you just go to, the, go to the website, there's a blog link. You'll get to it. I'm going to schedule up my Twitter and Facebook posts. So I've already got some stuff cut out. I'm going to continue writing my How to Write a Novel, which I have already outlined, okay? So that's interesting. I have a great big fat outline, and I'm just filling in the fine detail. 
And for exercise, I'm going to be running five kilometers on Saturday and Sunday. Uh, these past two weeks has been, I've not been doing that. I went for a ride and I went skating a whole heap, but no running. So I'm going to get back into that and hopefully my legs don't explode. In the meantime, work out where it is you want to get to and how you're going to get there before you start running like a maniac in any direction. See ya! See ya!